ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. See, it's interesting, I've said that the show is in three parts with a half, so I don't know how that exactly works. I was homeschooled, don't come at me. Math. Math is hard sometimes. As my dad used to say, there's only three certainties in life, death, taxes, and lots of wankers. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Time travelers, um, if you are a time traveler, please let us know. We've just given Sam two perfect opportunities to call on his wankers of the week. All right, and guys. Yeah, let's <laughs> that, move that, on. Let's move on. Let's that move audio on. delay, <laughs> the audio delay is horrible. That two seconds being like, oh, there's a pause. Let's like hammer on. <laughs> I keep seeming like an absolute dick because I keep like talking over the top of you guys. I can that. feel just a solitary lonely bead of sweat going down the back of my calf (laughs) weaving its way from one hair follicle to the next (laughs) delightful good to be alive ladies and gentlemen boys and girls and everybody in between welcome to another episode of the chaps chat cats uh i'm jake botel and i'm joined as always by sambo and johnny how are you lads Good, going going well. Going also well. How how are just you? I am bloody sensational and um, just off the top, we had a before we started recording, great impression of my intro um, from Sambo and Johnny. It's nice to know, you know, that my utter professionalism really makes an impression um, mm. on, you know, two men who I regard as my peers. It's uh, it's good. It's good to know. We won't mention the other intro we thought of when you won't, no. won't be around. No. But it does Save go to that. show that if at some point you get kidnapped, we might be able to get away without anyone noticing. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to say, if, if, I, if I get kidnapped, um, then, you know... They must be desperate. Mean... Well, that'll... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're, things they're things starting off brutal to get... tonight. <laughs> Are you yeah, on the source already, get, John? No. I'm trying to get to somebody else. That's the problem. <laughs> you're not actually after me. I'm no. just the link person if I get kidnapped. Mm. Um, yeah, no, no we'd be, we'd be able to do an, an adequate well, impression of you. Agent yeah. O, however, is just indispensable. And we just haven't, yeah. been, haven't been able to recover. <laughs> but also, you'd have to start questioning two of four podcast members kidnapped within the first six months of the pod happening. I know. 50% but... hit rate. You'd have to worry. I would be extremely, extremely worried if uh, you went missing or Sam went missing because I might be next or whoever's left could be next. So imagine that a one John, man not pod. concerned about us being kidnapped, more so the fact that he might then be kidnapped. Yeah, the, pre- like, the preceding order that would inevitably occur. Yeah, I'm assuming that's how you guys feel as well. No, no. Absolutely. I would rather be kidnapped. I would rather be kidnapped than one of you be <laughs> a vicious and brutal kidnapping. Sam, oh man, I really hope. The hero I really <laughs> hope that people, like you were saying the other night, people will listen without having listened to the other ones. Yeah. I really hope that happens tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so little context. Just straight so in. much happening. I might listen to this podcast about the cats straight into yeah. hostages and. Which of us will be taken next? And how little I care. Half hour uh, 
breakdown of power ranking who would be kidnapped first and why. Um, so prepare your kidnapping scouting reports. Um, so obviously you're here to listen to the chaps chat cats and that's generally what the chaps do, but we, we talk a bit of bullshit in between. Um, well, actually we talk a bit right off the top, we talk a bit of footy in between. Yeah. The bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, uh, episode number 15 gents. Um, uh, and uh, I, I had a bit of poetry. I thought I should read off the top. Uh, I've been listening to the to the Les Mis soundtrack recently because I'm a cultured fucker. Um, and obviously, a bit of, a bit of obviously, culture up the like wazoo this... around here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you're I not doing like... yourself any favors being cultured because you're more likely to go first. They'll kidnap you. Yeah, They'll kidnap you for sure. <laughs> Damn it. Dumb it down, no son. Dumb it down. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, when I was watching cartoons this morning, um, no, so I was, <laughs> but this, these, these lyrics stuck out to me as, you know, very representational um, of our, our listeners, our relationship with our listeners, all that sort of thing. So I thought I'd just read this out for you, um, dedicated to the listeners. Our band of soaks, our den of dissolutes, our dirty jokes, our always pissed as newts, our sons of whores who spend their lives in our inn, homing pigeons, homing in, who fly through our doors and then crawl out on all fours. So thanks for listening to the chat. I take issue issue with this, Jake. You said representational. Why doesn't it mention the daughters of whores? Oh, true. I mean, there you know, fair all, all, all's, all's fair. Why just the sons of whores? Yeah. <laughs> my my apologies. Um, I will amend that for future readings. This Con- is why it's good when you, you know, it's good to have peer review. Absolutely. 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 We could teach yeah. Les Mis a thing or two about representation. <sighs> Definitely. Bunch of mediocre whites basically make up the cast predominantly. Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. That um, the way. Um, shall we get episode... to what this pod's about? <laughs> episode number 15. And of course, off the top, let's crack through this. Honouring some of the people who have worn the number 15 for the cats. Uh, Bill Eason, 220 games and 187 goals from 1902 to 1915. Ted Stevenson, 105 games and 30 goals between 1922 and 1929. I'm going to say he didn't play up forward. Jack Walker and Jeff Mann wore it in 76 and 82 games, respectively, from 1930 to 35 and 1936 to 46. You had old Colin Rice, 97 games and 87 goals from 1957 to 63. Terry Farman, 133 games from 65 to 1975. Bernard Tui wore it in 94 games from 81 to 85. The great Peter Riccardi, 288 games and 286 goals from 1992 to 2006. To me, one of the greatest living tragedies um, in Geelong football history is the fact that Peter Riccardi retired one year before the Cats broke their premiership drought. I just would love to see him get a medallion. He deserved um, one not for to sure. Be. Absolutely, Absolutely deserved uh, a medallion, but 
that's that's how it goes sometimes. I guess that's you just the way the cookie crumbles. Just, yeah, <laughs> I don't think well, he'll I be. Think to... I don't think he could be. He'll be disappointed in his decision up at the end. Like, well, he had I think a good that's career. Like, it seemed like he'd been holding on mm. for a few seasons, kind of thing when they were on the cusp and that sort of thing. I think it was in the end, you know, to have played on in two thousand and seven was probably going to be a bridge too far. But he was my favourite player when he was playing. Um, just an absolute legend with the left hook or off the boot. Um, Nathan Kruger currently wears the number 15 for the Cats men's team. Now, I couldn't find, and I could be wrong, but I couldn't find the significant number 15 um, from when we were watching, like, you know, outside of Peter Riccardi. So from sort of the 2007 onwards, I wasn't sure um, who wore that one. So if I've missed... You know, some massively, you know, significant player. Uh, my apologies. Nathan Kruger currently you, wears you it. Don't apologize if you've missed someone insignificant. Just don't. Just justly no. missed. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If they wanted well, to have mentioned on this podcast, they would have played harder. <laughs> yeah, Craig, you know, look, I, I look mostly at, you know, like, Obviously, anyone who's pulled on the jersey's done a better job than me. But, you know, like, you've got to be cracking that 85-plus games. Maybe you've won a premiership if you've played, you know, less than 100. I don't know. It's got to be got to be something eye-catching. Um, and, you know, people can take issue with that as they will. Um, but speaking of people repping the jumper well, and the, the, number 15, the, demon, the demon barber of Fleet Street, is it not? It is indeed. It is. Olivia Barber, the Demon Barber, uh, wears it with pride for the AFLW team. Um, one, and I was thinking today when I was writing that, Sam came up with the nickname, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. And so we just, now we just need, a, we need, need a street. Yeah. Um, yeah, a street for, like a street from Geelong that makes yeah. sense sort of thing. That we Maybe that's what yeah. um, the listeners from Geelong can tweet in, a, a good name that will go with the demon mm. barber of such and such street. Yeah, like one of the really, yeah, it's like a really iconic street or mm. one of the streets past Cadinia Park or something. Mm. Yeah, it's got to be, and it's and like ideally, if there's a famous street associated with the cats, that, you know, one syllable is better, mm. I think. You know, that's what's nice about Fleet Street, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so maybe, I think that's the thing. But anyway, Olivia Barber wears it for the AFLW team and you know, as i said just one of my favorite players to watch and, and you know reps the number well um i'm already right. looking forward to yeah. seeing her next year in oh. uh, the hoops for the AFL excitement machine absolutely yeah, all right so with that out the way shall we get into looking back at the afl week seven clash Geelong yeah. Cats. If we have to. Yes. They, they <laughs> travel up to, um, to I, I'm going to do a little, just a little game recap and then just let you guys dive in. Um, I've got some stats heavy stuff for the, uh, for the back end of the conversation, maybe. Um, the Cats travel up to Sydney to take on the Swans. Both teams went into this week at four and two. 
Now, the home team kicked two of the first three goals of the game. Sydney looked a little bit sharp early on, but the Cats responded by nailing the next five in a row as they dominated the back half of the first quarter and possessed the ball dominantly by foot to take a 6-5-41 to 2-1-13 lead at the first change. Fortunes changed in the second term as Sydney began to ramp up their pressure and expose the Cats on the counter-attack kicking five goals to one in the quarter and narrowing the margin to just one goal by the halftime siren. The Cats nailed the first goal of the second half through Brad Close before Sydney kicked two in a row to draw things level midway through the term. From there, the teams went goal for goal across the remainder of the third quarter and the entirety of the fourth, with each having opportunities to put the result beyond doubt. I actually looked at that when we were like, oh, it's goal for goal. It was goal for goal for mm. eight goals in a row. Um, but it, look, it was finally the home team uh, that broke the deadlock. Uh, Tom Papley got the Swans uh, a second goal in a row, snapping truly at the 30-minute 52nd mark of the final quarter, just 90 seconds on the clock um, to give the Swans a two-point lead. Now, the Cats, to their credit, rallied hard and brought the ball deep into their forward 50. A snap out of congestion uh, was marked by the right-hand behind post by Jeremy Cameron with about 12 seconds on the clock. But the ball was deemed to have travelled an insufficient distance by the umpires and a ball up was awarded with just seconds to go on the clock. And from that stoppage, the Swans players were literally uh, basically allowed to fall on the ball until time expired, handing the Cats their third loss of the season in a game where they had led at one stage by 28 points at the first break. Um, lads, do either of you want to have first crack at this one? Um, I'll go. Unless Sam's can to go. I don't care. <laughs> it's, yeah, it was one of those... Games that um, the more you look into it, the more you just realise how the Cats let a game go. Dominated, dominated basically all the stats, disposals, marks, tackles, nearly everything, apart from a few that you will bring up later on, Mesh, and just goes to show that when you don't take your opportunities in front of goal, and they had many, many opportunities, easy set shots by... Hawkins and other players as well that last week couldn't miss. And then this week, it was complete opposite. They just couldn't get those goals. And like against North Melbourne, if we kick the goals that we should have, would have been a fairly straightforward win, be five and two, not four and three, and wouldn't have that uh, those calls, those missed calls at the end um, wouldn't be a factor. But they are and as we said when we played lines the cats are going to get on the end of some rough calls it's happened um i don't think we can really blame the umpires for that not, i'm definitely not saying it's the umpires fault that we lost it's the cats own fault that they lost we had more of the ball we were moving it better in the midfield at some points but just the attack our movement into side 50 was some of the worst I've seen. It was, there was no pinpoint passing. It was always high into the air where the Swans players could peel off Cameron, Rowan, whoever, and just go third man up and take an easy mark. 
with that was the most disappointing part for me was just seeing those long bombs inside 50 time and time and time again and it's just like why do that the swans are expecting it they're gonna cut it off easy which they did and then they got on their counter attack and got a goal easy um so yeah, it was just we cost ourselves that game the swans obviously played well enough to be in it and win it but yeah it was definitely one of those ones where they can't blame any outside influence on that result. It's all on them. They, they, they just just lost it because they just couldn't keep the goals and couldn't defend well enough and couldn't hold it inside fifty. Yeah. Yeah, and I I do wonder how much uh, I don't know. Do you think? Do you guys feel the inexperience? Like, do we? Would you say that our the 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 midfield is the is the midfield largely an inexperienced part of our squad or is the inexperience fairly stretched out across the whole field because it was as you say John some of the worst inside fifty sort of play like to get it in there um, the the delivery process from from the midfield into the uh, forward fifty but only once the Swans put a, a modicum of pressure on us. Like it was, it was more reminiscent of last week when, when it was all going well, that was going well. Do you know what I mean? And it just seemed to be the thing that just fell apart as soon as the Swans, whatever happened in that, in the break, in the change where things happened, whatever repositioning they did. So either their repositioning was so effective, their repositioning, their, their realignment, whatever they changes they made in the break was so effective or the the just the added pressure from the swans made our midfield sort of crumble under the pressure um yeah i don't know does that um, raise any interesting points for either of you <laughs> as far as i'm aware i don't think our midfield is hugely inexperienced we've got well there's a few inexperienced players there but there's, but there's most, a couple mostly, all over the field right like yeah there's there's all over the field we've got a lot of inexperienced players still finding their finding mm. feet. So well, I think it was just one of those things where, as you said, it was probably just the pressure that the mm. Swans applied and repositioning, changing some players around. So, yeah, they obviously knew what they needed to do and just went about it better and made us make those errors. Yeah, I would, I mean... I would say, um, God, I've blanked on his name, the Swans coach. Um, oh, John Longmire. John Long- Longmire. God. Um, he, even he didn't seem super clear on what happened in that game. <laughs> if you guys noticed in the in the, in the the press afterwards, they kept asking, because they were asking him specifically what I'm bringing up. Like, what did you change at halftime? And he basically, he what he said essentially boils down to True love wins the end of the day. <laughs> well, maybe he, just... like, he, was, he was like, it was just, ah, uh, just, just, just belief and the spirit of the of the club. <laughs> the vibe so it sounds like he's just going. How did we win that game? I, yeah, I think he he honestly was. I think a little befuddled himself. I mean, maybe he was just being coy and he didn't want to give up his hand. But it seemed like he was. Likewise, nonplussed as to how but how the hell that happened. <laughs> of the few press conferences I've seen of John Longmire, he's 
he doesn't seem to dance around much. He always is pretty straight-belled and yeah. straightforward and yeah, I that's think what he needs to say. It would have been a good drinking game to see how many times he said the word belief in that post-match <laughs> interview. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's I, funny, though. No, you go. I was just because I, have, I haven't really given a, an overview, but mine doesn't differ, differ that much from John's. So I thought we just... We just get into it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and that 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 stuff you talk about too. I think, um, oh, and, and like his comments about that, but you know, belief and that sort of thing. Like, it was interesting coming into this game where Sydney had come off the back of a four and zero start. They lost a couple of games in a row and maybe looked a bit average. But just like the Cats are four and two like and we're coming off the back of a couple of games on the winning end of things go back a week before we played west coast and you know we were talking about well can we beat west coast down at kidinia park how's it going to happen like the cats are look pretty average across the first month and then it's like in one week the narrative shifts of like holy shit you know geelong blows west coast apart by almost 100 points you know, they're really on now and that something's clicked. And I think it has. Like, I, I don't think we played that badly against the Swans. But I think in some ways people maybe overrated how much progress we'd made and mm. underrated um, how good Sydney. the Swans are. I think the, yeah. the Swans are a really good team and especially up at home, especially when the, the, the park is a bit slick, uh, when they've got a loud home crowd in there. I, I think... They're a really gutsy team. And look, if that game's at Cadenia Park, I think the Cats steal it late. Yeah. Because um, as, as we can get into, like I, I think that Mark to Cameron gets paid down at Cadenia Park because I think home crowds have a massive impact on how those calls at the end of games go. Mm. Uh, I just And that's not a corruption thing. I just think it's a human nature thing. I think it's why Mark Blixarves wasn't called holding the ball. I think if that Brisbane game was played at the Gabba, I think he would have been called. Mm. So it's kind of like swings and roundabouts. Depending on where the game is, we win one, we lose one. Yeah. As it is, it's it happened that, um, the other way around. Like, you know. As I say, it's the, the home ground advantage. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And there is one, 100%. Yeah. And I think you're right, Jake. I don't think we played that badly. I mean, the statistics no. do show that. It's just clearly a few key issues, as John mentioned, the the delivery into the Ford 58. But as I sort of said, I think specifically at key times, it wasn't yeah. always bad. But when we needed it to be good, it was not. It was like yes. when it was going, just like just like last last week against the Eagles. Once we got the momentum and started winning, we could do no wrong. Mm. Like it's kind of like we seem to be such such a confidence team. I know every team is. I know every person that plays sport, confidence and momentum plays a a huge, huge role. Part. But it does seem to be um, inordinately large of a factor for this Cats team. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree that we didn't play horribly like to win you know every stat you're not playing a bad game you're playing a, a pretty good game against a, a good side so i don't think we can we need to look at that side of the order they don't need to really look at that side it's just those fixing those little areas up like it reminds me a lot of the um aflw side where they're really good midfield defense and all that's really well it's just that delivery inside 50 is just Mm. It seems like a cat, a cat's type of 
area that they're just struggling at at the moment is just figuring out how to get past teams defense yeah and i i certainly don't really have the answer because they've got no. the ta- they've got the targets now and i think we have yes. the, the skill and ability in the midfield to deliver it to those targets and that's that's why i was sort of yeah i don't know if it's experience or if it's just team sort of that team synergy like the just sort of being so aware of where each other is and that kind of thing to be able to do as you were saying like quick quick hands quick kicks in instead it's just this sort of blaze it away to like there's a couple of times where we kicked it to literally four on one contests Mm. against us um and (laughs) i mean sometimes you've got no no options but maybe um, we're still setting that um Tom Hawkins is the big guy. Kick to him all the time. Mm. Mindset still. Maybe yeah. last week Cameron was. Maybe last week's game, Cameron's first game was just an exception where it worked really well. Maybe this week we saw when it doesn't work so well. When yeah, maybe there's that bit of added pressure and they and don't I think... look for Cameron or Rowan. They look just for Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, it could be like when when the pressure's on, suddenly you can mm. fall fall back on on old habits, or or um, yeah, old contingencies. Um, but as you're saying, the home ground advantage, I do think that that crowd was like the extra player on the field. Like I really feel like that was one of the most vocally negative crowds I've heard. Certainly, it might just be the 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 most extreme one I've heard this year, and maybe after COVID and stuff, it's mm. you know my my experience with those kinds of crowds is now lessened because it's been eight, like we're so yeah. new to having full crowds back. Um, That's true. And not to say that they can't do it or anything like that, but just the the ex- excessive like excessive booing and that kind of thing, and it really did seem to get to a lot of players. Mm. Um, Hawkins being one for sure yeah. seemed to really um feel that pressure with his with his goal kicking um uh obviously rowan missed missed a kick that i would have probably put money on him kicking any other day yeah <laughs> uh, and obviously there's lots more factors but i i really think if you put yourself out there and that noise like if it was that loud and and sort of oppressive on tv the the atmosphere there must have been um absolutely intimidating and that's the thing i think to look at too is sometimes you lose a game of footy between two pretty evenly matched teams like whether or not you rank the swans as having as much like let's face it that you know the 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 often quoted individual skill or the talented Mm. list or whatever like they have an effort level and this is what i said to john you know like last week the Swans, like the Cats, are one of the enduring kind of cultures in football, like, you know, the Bloods and all that sort of stuff that, you know, that they talk about, the Bloods culture and that sort of thing from when they were South Melbourne. And mm. there is such an identity based around being able to be in and under and nasty and uncompromising and win when it's raining and win against anybody anywhere. Like, and, and Geelong equally has been good for so long. And sometimes when those two sorts of teams come up against each other, you fall two points on the wrong side of it. Mm. Um, what, what's interesting, I guess, is that how contrasting the first and second quarters were. You essentially had the first half in which Geelong blew Sydney out in the first quarter, Sydney blew Geelong out in the second quarter, 
And then the rest of the game was really even. It was just, mm. you know, back and forth. Um, and, and, you know, I think you'd feel a lot less bitter about this game if it had been goal for goal the whole time. Mm. And then mm. they just got over the line. You can't sort of usher out of your mind that buffer that we had. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really hard to 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 face having thrown like given that away, um, because it makes it even though it was so early in the game, it makes it seem like it was it was so right there for the taking. Um, so that that that, makes for, it a big that first quarter is an interesting look too because we kicked six goals, five. Mm. You know what happens right. if you kick what eight goals, 11. three, and suddenly <laughs> oh. you put fifty-one points on the board or something? You know, like. If it's it's a thirty eight point lead instead, maybe that's, that puts um, the foot on the throat. Yeah, it's it makes a huge difference those those behinds. And again, we kicked more behinds than goals. And I think it's one of those issues that um, Brian Taylor talks a lot about in the commentary. Is whereas how many how many times do players actually practice goal kicking? Mm. I think that's a really valid point. It's like do they kick practice enough kicking that goal at that mm. training or in their spare time? Are they actually training for that? Or is that just a, a thing that they they know they should do all the time? Because I feel like it's dropped off a fair bit. Mm. Mm. Especially goal kicking under pressure. Like it's, mm. one, it's one thing to go out on the field with some of your mates and, and line up from, from 35 in front. But doing that same thing, which should be easy as with, you know, thousands of people booing you you've just got you know you've just taken a hit during the mark you're a bit out of it there's people on the ground shouting stuff at you the clock's running down like it's it's a whole other thing to to be able to put the umpire going 15 gone yeah the umpire threatening to tase you if you don't move on Do, do you want me to just run through a couple of these statistical findings while we're just talking about sort of a game of, you know, a game of inches kind of thing? Go for it. I think we should uh, move on um, to those stats. <laughs> let's let's move John on. wants to get out of it. Um, well, obviously, like you said, John, like the Cats dominated, like just some classic disposals, I get, uh, sorry, classic stats. They had 404 disposals to 324, 65 inside 50s to 39, won the free kick count, uh, clearances 39 to 36, contested possessions 151 to 118, um, 100 marks to 84, 58 tackles to 50, uh, 11 tackles inside 50 to eight. They had less turnovers than the Swans by 11. Uh, and they won the overall time of possession, forty-seven percent to thirty-seven percent. Um, well, but this to me, really not those sorry. stats. That just sounds like a team that's had an easy night, come off a good thirty to forty point. I was going to say, it sounds like we should be about fifty points up. <laughs> <laughs> so, just, so here's where the just goes the show that you go uh, efficiency. Like efficiency, the, the Swans led in a couple of key stats, really. So here's one, disposal efficiency. They led 74.1% to 73.3%. Only a percent difference, but I think if you talk about little hey, moments that make a game. There's, there's one point. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and inside 50, 
Um, their disposal efficiency, they went at 56.4% to the Cats, 53.8%. So uh, there's those little things, but this is the deeper dive I did into it, and that's this one. The Swans scored on 51.3% of their trips inside 50, and the Cats scored on 43.1% of their trips inside 50. So the Swans averaged... When I worked it out, the Swans averaged 2.3 points every time they went inside 50, and the Cats averaged 1.4 points, and you lose by two points. Mm. So what, would, know, our, what we, would our score, with the amount of inside 50s we had, what would our score be if we were averaging at 2.3 like them? Well, 65, two point, about 130-something. It sounds so 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 little when you say fifty one percent or hmm. um t- or two point three points per inside fifty. It, but yeah, when you add it up over the course of a game, and that's the same thing as the you know goes back to the whole umpiring call of it's not one moment that decides a game. It's all the, it's the minutia hmm. of the entire runtime of the game. Yeah, right. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things well, the that key... if the cats Sorry, were man. winning by a big margin, it would just be ah, aren't both made a mistake? Move on. We don't yeah. need to worry about it. But now it was such a crucial missed call that one may have won a team a team of the game, or may not have. We don't know if Cameron would have got the goal, but I think we all would have backed him to. Um, so and then it becomes a huge huge moment where the AFL does have to come out yet again and say they made a mistake. Mm. Umpires made a mistake. So it's just one of those things. If it was, if we did win by 30 to 40 points, it wouldn't be a big talking point. It would just be umpires made a mistake. Mm. They'll learn from it. Let's move on. But I thought it was yeah. interesting too that Chris Scott more or less said he didn't really, he thought they would come out and say it was wrong, but he didn't really think they needed to come out and justify it. Um, and that to, that to him it would be odd to come out and justify one call, like one uh, when they don't explain themselves for controversial mm. calls for the entirety of the game. Why just come out and cherry pick that one at the end and and explain it? Um, I thought that was it was interesting. It sounded like he was throwing support to them, but it kind of made me think that he was actually secretly saying, "Please explain." The hundreds of bad calls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <It's> like just <laughs> disguising an insult as it's a good as way a, to say it without was, getting fined. Yeah, the camera was listening to. I was listening to. I think it was Essendon Parton game, and they're talking about this, saying how they they get a bit annoyed that the umpires constantly explain why a free kick's being made. I can't remember who it was. I may have said the may have misquoted, but mm. I think that was basically saying that. They don't think the umpires should explain why a free kick was given all the time. Whereas I think, why not? How yeah. is a player meant to learn not to do that thing if exactly. the umpire is not yeah. telling you what it is? And as a fan, if you do hear the umpire saying why they gave away a free kick, I feel that makes it easier to yeah. deal with. Yeah. Like, go, oh, yeah, fair and enough. I, I guess there's a, there's a line somewhere where they should stop explaining as far as... Because it all... No matter how much you break down the rules, no, no matter how many rules you write, it still yeah. comes down to su- subjective analysis, subjective interpretation yeah. of the rules, and subjective 
interpretation of the rules onto like um yeah. onto onto the game like the way I you think... not only the way you understand it but the way you then view something within the framework of the rules because there's so many rules in this sport that are like you know the whole holding the ball one where it's where it's like a, oh, that's a just... con- concerted <laughs> effort to get to get rid of or a and then genuine effort see see sometimes yeah. they drop it and they go to kick it, but they completely miss it. And then that's called he attempted to kick it. And then you see other times where they do the same thing and they kick it and it's still holding the ball. And I think and I mean, yeah. about, about, about six, six or seven times in that game going both ways, there was that one that I always get confused by when a tackle is laid and the ball just shoots out and it's play on. If there's, why is that one often let go when it in in so many different so many ways like prior opportunity, no attempt to get rid of it like the 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 tackle is laid and the ball just kind of like shoots out like a bar of soap like technically that should be holding the ball no. Mm. I agree, and this is a problem with I think we have where um, the rules are adjudicated differently between the 50s and inside the 50s. I think Mm. this is a classic example of where around the ground things aren't called and then once you're inside 50, oh, yeah, that's called. It's like marking contests. Um, You know, if you're on the wing, you can essentially, by the look of it, shove people out of the contest, grab the ball. Did you see Um, Hickey? I can't remember who it was that he shoved. Did you see that? The double handed Mm -hmm. push in the back. Is that... Yeah. Not a push in the back. I well, it's and it's like how back you know Tom Hawkins can shove someone essentially out of the mm-hmm. way, but if the defender does that to him, it's a free kick. Yeah, like the certain play, it's like the one of the most insane ones we have in the sport are uh, speckies. Mm. So you know, like if you fly up on someone's shoulders and you take the mark, that's all good and fine, play on. But if you jump up on someone's shoulders and don't take the mark, they call mm. it an unrealistic attempt, and it's not. Like that's in the back anywhere else, you know. Like, and, and not only not only the like in the back, but as far as this whole careful of each other's heads and how many times do people <laughs> do people like knock out their own teammates when trying to take speckies? Yeah, um, did it not? And have- it's like it's a great, it's an amazing part of the game to mm. watch. But I also just go like you said. There's so many questions around the gray area of the sport mm. and a big one for me is the deliberate thing. I was talking, you know, in our, mm. our messenger chat about it saying it's so time to me to just say that between the fifties, if you, if the ball goes out off your team, the other team gets it from there, have deliberate and all those sorts of things have throw-ins inside 50, but around the ground, just exchange possession. And Am am I completely off base in in remembering that at some point there was a difference between if it went out off a boot and if it went out off from hands? You might actually be right there. I feel like I a, think, like a long time ago there was a different. It was kind of like if it came off your foot, it was a free kick to the other team. But if it came off hands or you walked it out, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I really, yeah. I, I really yeah. could, I really could be misremembering, but I feel like it was kind of closer to soccer. So, Mark, and, what, yeah. and what, and if that wasn't the case, why it should be the case now is because it stops people from doing the blazing it away, mm. keeps the game because yes. yeah, like yeah. you can't hand pass at fifty meters 
down the ground and out of bounds to buy yourself time. If you want to get it out quickly by hands, it's, you know, you can only, you can only travel so far. So it might be a ball, you know, it might be thrown in, but it's still going to stay in your defense. Whereas if you kick it and you want to risk it going out, then it will be a free kick, but it's going to go further. So it kind of, it kind of evens out because if you get it further down the ground, you are giving up possession to the opposition. Whereas if you just hand pass it out as far as you can closer, it will go to the umpires. So it's a neutral possession, but it's still really close to your goals. I don't know. It just kind of seems to, kind of seems to be a bit of a better balancing act. I would love to see a, a, a trial, whether it's in the VFL or whatever, where between the arcs of fifty, mm. we, we like that you have that rule. Like I just think it would, it would make it so. And and so it's fine then. It's a clear thing. If you want to punch the ball out to take it away from the opposition, do it. Hammer it out as hard as you want to do it. But you know that the other team are going to get the ball from wherever you you start. It takes out all the play acting bullshit that we see people oh i was in the tackle and forced over the line or oh i dropped the ball now i was you don't turning to, to run and i just yeah. happened to run yeah. into hammer this player mm. hammer it where i knew i was gonna yeah that's that's the one that i hate the most when a player gets tackled and i know the boundary is oh. right there so they stop and they're standing with yeah. that or, should be holding the ball i've seen it a couple of times where you, their teammates will actually Sort push of them. shepherd them over, push them mm. over the line yeah. in the contest, and you're like, "Well, I didn't push the ball over. I pushed the guy that was yeah. holding the ball over." It's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Same with the 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 bloody genuine effort to to get rid of it in the, holding the ball. I hate anything that inspires this. Like, I'm tapping the ball. I'm trying to get rid of it. <laughs> see? Yeah, I'm punching it really hard. See, I'm yeah, trying I'm to trying get the best I'm can. holding it. I'm punching my arm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm making a genuine attempt to make it look like I'm genuinely attempting mm. to get rid of the ball. Yeah. Um, I think um, last... I think they should just get rid of that genuine genuine attempt. If you don't get rid of it properly, after a, like if you have got a prior opportunity, you get tackled, and you don't get rid of it, you should just mm. be holding the ball. I think yeah, I think if you can't get rid of it, but I think they should bring in the the, the bloody WWE or um UFC. <laughs> tapping the ground when the um like the the uh, umpire can come in and do the countdown on the ground and if you can't get rid of it <laughs> 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 yes. it's crowd gone the crowd <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you imagine the that all the fans like, yeah. two, one. <laughs> yes oh i think that's see see that's them make see them make a genuine attempt when the fucking crowd's counting them down <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'll bring the crowd into it even more. Imagine yeah. that if a few seconds to go and you're in the opposition at a, the other team's home ground and you got it in your defensive 50 and getting yeah. tackled in here. Three, two. <laughs> yes, 100%. Let's bring that Let's in. Let's start that petition. Yes. Um, now, be- um, before before we move on, I yeah. assume you're going to move us on. I've got a couple of questions for you guys about the 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 call at the end. So not necessarily going, Oh, what bullshit. But why was it a ball up? When he marked it mm-hmm. and it wasn't 15. Is that, is, is it, is it that genuine practice to say ball up because you caught the ball when it's not 15? 
No, it should just be play on. It should be play on. Well, or someone should have tackled. No, not really. No, they, they weren't really tackling oh. him. I think there was someone kind of like at him, but he wasn't hmm. wrapped up in it, I don't think. Fuck, I... I there was I a lot of confusion. But even there then, in, in that case, shouldn't it, be, shouldn't it be holding the ball? Basically, yeah. Like, that's, a, again, it comes it. back to this, the, the sort of... Call what, it how you see it, umpire. Like, was was the umpire there going, should have been play on, but to be fair to everyone, it's a ball up. Or was he saying it should have been holding the ball, but to be fair to everyone, ball up. Or was, from he, what I, was he just aware of the I, confusion and said, let's just ball it up. I don't know. From what I <laughs> saw, and I was, I think I'm in the same boat as everyone else, where I saw him take the mark and then... All I heard was the whistle go again. There was Swans plays with his their back against him, walking away as acting as if it was a free a, a mark. A mark. The player behind him who had him wasn't tackling. He was just there thinking it was a mark. Yeah. And I feel like he kind of had his arm on him kind of thing, like yeah. just like that sort of hand, like the keeping. I just, yeah, I think the umpire knew. I don't know what. Yeah, I just remember hearing ball up. Cameron going, what the hell? Every other player going, what the hell? Swans players probably going, what the hell just happened? Umpire just going, yeah, no mark, ball up. And yeah, I think it was just a mass confusion because, yeah, I had no idea what was going on until they pulled up. I was like, hang on, what? It just, yeah. And I'm not, <laughs> not shitting on the umpire because he probably no. had to make a split decision there, but it really seems like it was Oz kick on the weekend. And he was like, oh, you're all confused. Just give it, we'll ball it up. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's what just... it seems like. <laughs> well, why do you think, you know, why, why do you think they do that in Oz kick? You know, yeah, I mean, exactly. that's, it's, that's... it's how it is in the rule book. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. It just, that just seemed really weird to me that it, it, it felt, it felt yeah. like Cameron should have got smashed and done for holding yeah. the ball. Or he, sh- or he should have been able to just turn around and, and kick it. I know it would have been a really weird way to end the game, but it was anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think... I don't. So that was that was one question. So, well, okay, I wasn't sure if maybe there was an actual rule of, like... Yeah. No, if the umpire yeah. says it's touch or it doesn't trouble the required distance, then it's play it's on. normally just play on, yeah. Play on, yeah. And normally, if that is the case and the player has the ball gets tackled 90% of the time, that's going to be called holding the ball. Yes. Yeah. I just yeah. I walked away from my TV when he marked it. When he marked it, I threw my hands up and walked away from the TV. I was on the to, ground. To I was face down on the ground. <laughs> so I and, missed and, it the first then, time as well. Then, <gasps> yeah. And then I heard them say, no, we're going to ball it up. And I was like, what? And came back and looked at it. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Like I... um. Yeah, as I yeah, said, it was. Insane. I had no, because normally umpires say "play on, play on, play." They scream yeah, it over yeah, yeah. and over and over, and there was none of that. Yeah, so it, it was, was odd. It was a loud crowd too. So it was. That it was. Yeah. Um, and what but was ag- again, and so again, so I guess he just he just made the decision to be kind to everyone and just was like, just "We'll just go. throw it up." It's just it just seems he... so strange. And maybe just realised, oh, shit, I've made the wrong call here. Let's just reset, reset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, oh well. Yeah. That that happens. Um, human makes mistakes. Yes. It's... Yeah. Um, and and the other one was the going back to just briefly for the holding the ball. The fact that the the holding the ball on the siren when that guy lay on it 
and didn't try to get rid of it. It again, like you were saying, Jay, with the with the fifties. Any other time in the game, any other spot on the field, that's paid. Well, I, I think he get. I think if the game was another, say, two seconds longer, that gets paid as holding the ball before the siren sounds. I think he was literally only saved by the by the bell running out. It's like it's like the boundary. You know, you see a guy get wrapped up, he's not making any effort, and they carry him over the boundary. Well, he's out of bounds now. You can't pay holding the ball. Mm. I think that's that's what's happened in this instance. It's like, oh, the clock ran out. Yes. If there was yeah. another two seconds, they they hundred percent pay that as holding the ball. Especially because he wouldn't have known. No. He wouldn't no. have known exactly how long was left. So it's just again weird that he wasn't doing the fake tap or whatever. But yeah. Yeah, it just it it seems like a weird one. It seems like another another yeah. weird one. Yeah. Another one that we can um, just yeah. Let's move on before we start getting angry and well, frustrated and but well, I think to the the stat to leave it on, if we're going to worry about it, is that of their scoring shots, the Swans converted seventy percent of them into goals, and the Cats converted forty two point eight percent of their scores <sighs> into goals. Well, so as we said, we can't blame the umpires. We can't blame any other external thing on why we lost. We lost because of those stats. Didn't kick straight. Yeah the end of the day like you said um hawkins had one rowan had one my boy tommy stewart Haw- you know had, had, a, two, had a didn't he? hawkins had two he should yeah. have got i think yeah so um, it's it's pretty tough to to win when you only convert 42 percent of yeah. your shots and the other the other team converts 70 percent. but that's why like the swans had so much so many i think they had what 14 goals six 20 scoring shots and we had 28 so we had eight more chances and we lost by two points. So yes, but I don't. I don't think we should dismiss the umpiring in terms of in the no, con- not at all. The no, con- no, no. In the I think it still of needs to be podcast. discussed. I like but... to discuss it because I don't get it a lot of the time. Yeah. Like generally, it's not because I don't think people should go. Umpires are fucking shit. Umpires need yeah. umpire. But no. it's it's good to dissect it and get other people's perspectives on it. Yeah, um, I think um, well, you definitely need to talk about call. it. Yeah, so mm. you got to talk about it. You got to find a way to make sense of it um, for yourselves and all that. And, yeah, because yeah. I also don't want to become one of those one of those groups of fans that's just always shitting on their team. No. <laughs> Do you think, no, would, you, would you um, support a replay in that instance? Like if 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 they go, if it's, this is the one of the situations where you've got a guy upstairs watching stuff and the, the funny thing is the umpire association or AFL, whoever came out and said, look, when we looked at it this morning on video, we deemed that it had traveled thing. Okay. So you deemed, you know, say eight hours later, 10, 12 hours later. Okay. That's traveled the 15. Can we not make that decision in 30 seconds upstairs on video replay? I think you could, but I also think it's another one of those like goal, the new goal line. Hawkeye things that have got it's just gonna happen too often. Yeah, There'll be too many wanna... of those calls again where they go, Well, how come this one this one was looked at and this other one twenty minutes ago in another quarter wasn't? Mm. What what's mm. the difference? And we're gonna have the same conversation again, like just because it's at that time, it's the reason why they're looking at it. Whereas there's 
by another 50 calls that they could have looked at it. And if we're going to do that, you may as well do that to every single free kick call. Yeah, I think there'd be, you'd have to draw a line somewhere. And look, yeah. if the thing is, there is better technology than is on those fucking goal line replay <laughs> cameras. So if we could get technology that was literally had an overview of the ground and when the ball is being kicked, it's measuring each kick. That doesn't like that sounds like advanced technology, but not technology that doesn't exist. Well, one minute, one minute, one minute. We we calculate how many meters each player gains with each disposal. Yeah, well, like mm. it doesn't it doesn't seem like a hard one in terms of. Well, how's that if, calculated? If, if, if it's happening, yeah. If it it should be possible to happen in real time. For them, it should for, be for, for something up upstairs to not go. Mm, hang on, rewind. Mm, mm, measure, get the measuring tape out. That's yeah. bullshit. But it should technically be possible. And they're obviously only happening, only useful for the not fifteen meters goal, but for something in real time to mm. se- be sending alert an alert to say no, it wasn't, or yes, it was. Not well, to say well, that we should in, 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 not to say that we should in, instigate this, but yeah. It depends what we're talking about. If, if we're talking about, should we have the review system that we have now for goals for umpiring decisions? No. <laughs> in theory, <laughs> no, no. In theory no. do I like something else? Yes. Possibly, well, that's yes. the thing, though. There is a stat we record in live time, I believe, how many meters a player mm. gains per kick, per handball. Yep. So if we're doing that, we're not just estimating that, are we? I would hope so not. Someone who's tracking <laughs> not. that. <laughs> like, so if someone's just guessing. That, yeah. Like, no, I'd love it. Like, we're ten. Yeah. And and look, I've, I'm not even a hundred percent. I'm sure people have reasons why you shouldn't do this, but I'm not a hundred percent opposed to the idea of doing what the tennis does and have an allocated amount of challenges. Challenges to mm-hmm. to for a coaching box. Um, from the point of view of you could fix things like this. Obviously, that would have made this the final game go our way but we would have lost the other one yeah. Lex would have got done for holding yeah. the ball but like that's that's fine in my opinion but it also adds a bit of drama if you only give them like two or three a game and you got to choose and you could run out not be able to review it at the end it would still result in controversy where people are like it was clearly wrong and I'd just run out of reviews but at the same time I think there's a little bit of ownership of an onus on the team then that, that got disadvantaged to be like, well, you shouldn't have bothered about that out on the full in the second quarter. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the NFL has um, game reviews like this. I think they have, they can throw two challenge flags across the game and it's still just as controversial. Mm. Stuff gets missed all the time. And, and like exactly the stuff that you've said, like that was clearly, you know, like yeah. I want to challenge that, but I used it already. And I guess it, like you said, I, I, I 100% agree. It's important to talk about this stuff and to analyze it because it's interesting. Um, and I'm certainly not one for going, yes, let's wholesale bring in video replay, especially like you said, Sam, with the technology we've got. Um, and, you know, part of me also thinks it boils down to the cats are four and three, whether the call against Brisbane goes against us or for us. Like it's, it's one of those things. If yeah. if you have replay, 
we lose the Brisbane game, but we win this one. But yeah. maybe we don't. And we're in the same boat. You know what I mean? Like if, if whether it's challenges or whether it's some kind of instantaneous AI algorithm that is continuously brother, big brothering the umpires, maybe, maybe we still don't win this game because maybe six other calls that went our way shouldn't have gone our way and, you know, they have six more kicks their way earlier maybe. in the game and it doesn't matter <laughs> what that call does. So I don't think it's... This is not me saying... Man, we lost no. that game. This would have saved us, but yeah. I'm not opposed to the idea of it. <laughs> something, and the something other like thing, that. No, no, no. It's maybe one maybe day that I'll have something. Maybe misses the shot. Yeah, as I said, he and could we, have gone. And we lose by one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we still had that opportunity to win it off our own boot instead of yeah. our. Oh, yes. It's football. It's sport. Wow. This is what football and sport and any game does to us. Yeah. It has those and this moments. This is why I and... didn't watch it for like three fucking years <laughs> until you motherfuckers dragged me back into it. Uh, you agreed. Um, you agreed. <laughs> You've got the sub to blame. Under duress. Maybe Sam, you're the Maybe. one who's been kidnapped by me in mesh. <laughs> That's right. This is. Oh, there is. There is no agent O. This is just yeah. my cry for help. <laughs> so we're just letting you go along with it for now. <laughs> Let's jump into the player votes. I have some more stats that I worked out. I've got, I've done my meters gained per disposal thing, and I'm going to track that across the rest of the season. I'm going to keep a spreadsheet, but I'll put that on Twitter. Are oh, you on your spreadsheets? <laughs> yeah, love a good spreadsheet. Um, so let's get onto the votes. You get a rager um, for the spreads. I'll I'll lead off hit here. Just going to ride right <laughs> on past <laughs> that one, John. Um, Joel. Uh, what am I getting? I'm going to go one vote, and I've got a rant to go with this one. One vote to Jack Henry. Um, Are you going to rant about Jack, Jack? Poor old Jacko I'm Henry. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to rant about Jack Henry, but in a positive way. Yeah. Very positive way. Uh, where is that? Where's Where's my other one? There we go. Um, Jack Henry. I, I'm just going to put it out here now. I think he's going to have a career year. Possibly more. Um, his creativity and sense for the flow of the game is outstanding, as is his ferocity to chase and tackle. Add to that that he's clean with the footy and innovative around goal and a great mark as well. I have a suspicion that in two seasons, we're going to look back at 2021 as the birthplace of the real footballing Jack Henry. I think he's got an incredibly high ceiling as a footy player, higher than he probably has been given credit for. Um, and 2021 has given us a glimpse of what that can be. I think he's got more run and dash than he's previously been given credit for. I think he can grow into a spectacularly dangerous player for the Cats. I think he's going to break his disposal count for a season record. So it's his best ever is 241 touches in a season, and he's already recorded um, 92 through six games. Um, so he's on pace for 250 plus. I think he'll hit double figure goals. His best in a season is eight. Um, he's already got five this year. I think we're going to look back at that three-year extension for the Cats and it's going to be an absolute steal. I think he has the potential to be one of the best, say, definitely one of the best 100 players in the AFL uh, and maybe higher. I don't know. I just think he's, I think there's something very special about Jack Henry and what he brings to this team. 
Um, so I'm going to give him my. I'm only giving my one vote, and because Jesus, what are you going to say about your two and three? (laughs) (laughs) I just think this was a a rant I meant to have earlier in the episode. We're just still seeing glimpses of it. I just think if he ever, you know, started to be able to average, you know, say twenty disposals a game or something, I think he's so dangerous with the footy and he gets involved in so much stuff. So I think we saw so many glimpses. I'm going to give a one vote to him. Um, I thought he was sensational. It's just that two guys above him are, are more established. I'm going to give two votes to Cam Guthrie. Um, I think, you know, he's just having an absolute monster season. Uh, Cam Guthrie had, th- had 30 touches again, um, seven tackles. He's wins his own footy. Um, and is dangerous with dangerous with it. Um, and three votes I'm going to give to someone who doesn't always get a bunch of love on the podcast, despite being a you know the Geelong Cat player, um, the leader of the last however long. Joel Selwood. I'm going to give three votes to Selwood, um, whose whose work sometimes goes unnoticed, but he had I think thir- you know upwards of 25 plus. T- um, Touches and seven tackles as well. So I'm going to go three, two, ones, Delwood, Guthrie, and Jack Henry. Nice. Nice. On to right. whoever wants to go next. Oh, it's anarchy. It's absolute anarchy. Which anarchy. of us? We just don't know. Oh, give, give us direction don't. and purpose in our John, lives. John, Jack. I'll you go, go first. John. I'll, I'll okay. stumble through mine. Um, who shall I go with number one? I'm going to go Brad Close. It's one. Nice. I feel like he um, had another good game. He's got a couple of good goals again, I believe, and mm-hmm. there's some more. Mm. He's coming along very nicely. Uh, hopefully he can keep his spot in the Cats team for a while because, yeah, he's another one of those players that just seems to play better if each week that he gets a game. So one vote for him. I'm going to give two, two to um, Jack Henry. I feel like nice. again. As you said, can't really say much more than what you uh, said. <laughs> and I'm going to give the three to the old time of the captain, Joel Selwood. Just another inspiring game. He did all he could again, as he does every week, to get the W for the Cats. Sambo. Fantastic. Well, uh, I'm going to start out. I'll give one to Rowan because I'm a simp. And <laughs> uh, no, like he missed, he missed, he missed that goal that I would have thought he would have kicked. But um, he also did a lot of other good stuff. And predominantly, like ninety percent of this one vote is just for that one really good tackle that led up to that kick. That, oh, that was oh, one, yeah. of, one of the best chases, chases and tackles I've seen. There was like three other cats that should have been going to that player before Rowan had to step in, and he just went. Well, you, you're not going to fucking do it. And he burnt past it. It was incredible. Like, the change, the shift in speed in the replay, like, it was like a fucking apex predator <laughs> shifting in, shifting from stalk mode to pounce mode. Um, and if he had to kick that goal, it would have been a, a season well, highlight for me. But A um, cat is an apex predator, so absolutely. he's got his feline presence about him and that's right called back to his, his 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 ancestors yeah that was and i was it was uh it was a phenomenal tackle uh and i'll i'm gonna give 
uh, two to Guthrie and three to Henry. Nice. Those, those two nice. you guys mentioned, so I need to say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, like, I think I actually found it like... Well, Jack Henry got the uh, trifecta tonight. He did. Got a vote from everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he got um, the one, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> so he did. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a tough. Um, it was actually a tough week to do because of, as the aforementioned statistical annihilation, um, mm. across the board. We did have some really good players. I mm. thought, I thought, um, I thought, uh, oh god, I just had a bloody mental mental blank. Stanley, Stanley, yes, yes, Stanley did really, um, did well in his role. I thought, um, uh, down the back, everyone was. I mean. Stuart, as always, was really good. Um, he, I was nearly going to give clo- close votes as well. Um, Clark, I was a little, a little dis, not disappointed in. I'm not his father, but I, I've seen him play better. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. and, and like, I, th- what, I think likewise Hawk, Hawkins and Cameron. But as we mentioned earlier, they just didn't really get much, get much of it. it would, I don't know that that was 100 percent their fault more the delivery to them. Hawkins was really well held mm. down there. Like I think he had three tu- three or four touches deep into the game or something. And I think that, um, yeah, the, uh, Jordan Clark, I think, you know, just one of those things. He, he is still really young. I think mm. he's got a really That's exciting it. skill set. And one of the things you learn the longer in footy is how mm. to do – yeah, how to produce your best skill in all moments of the game, high mm. pressure, low pressure. You know, you just, it's it's you the same as um, close. You've got to have that game time to get better. And if you keep getting in one game, getting dropped in next, you're not going to – your confidence is going to be all over the place and you're not going to be able to get that. Um, that that's just – skill improvement if you're in and out, in and out constantly. You need to be in a team and just keep playing. Mm. But you also got to earn your spot and be also mindful that there are other players that may be playing better in the VFL and that do deserve where you're playing. So you can't just keep playing that same level. You've got to improve, but you also got to have that opportunity to keep improving and show that you can, which we know Clark can. Mm. Um, so with that, I'll announce the leader. We've got a tie at the top of the leaderboard after seven weeks. We've got Cam Guthrie and Joel Salwood locked on 18 votes each. Tommy Stewart on 16 votes is in third place. Brandon Parfit with 12 votes. And then a tie for, what, fifth place between Mark O'Connor and Jack Henry with 11 votes. That's each. another play that was... It was, was it this week that Mark O'Connor went down? Or was that last week? Last week. Last yeah, week. So That's and another big loss. Narkel, Narkel play started really well, I thought. Started like a house on fire. He yeah, really yeah. came out of the gate hard. And like some of his... um, He gave one of the strongest don't argues as far as his size to the don't argue, the ratio of size to strength that he put out was one of the strongest I've seen. I don't know if you guys noticed it as he, he picked it up out of the middle. Um, and the bloke coming at him, he, he just held his hand out to give the don't argue. And the guy literally bounced backwards. Like mm. it, it was, mm. it was really impressive. It was like the, the Bruce Lee one inch punch. 
Um, but and then, then you, then that was really good to of, see yeah. Narkel back in it. Mm, and he I was glad he was back. And... He didn't do anything bad beyond that yeah. point, but I did just think they, they closed him down or, or he gassed out a little bit early. Yeah, so it was good mm. to see Narkel. It was good to see Clark back. Hopefully they can keep their spots mm. with a tough, tough game coming up. It's going to be a big, big ask, a uh, big week. Big week for the cats. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, massive week. I was going to say it's um, a good segue, but we're not there yet, are we? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, we've we've safely recorded a good hour of show, and we've now reached you know our like break time. Um, or <laughs> we'll keep it yep. keep it to a clean, tight hour twenty, guys. Uh, we'll just <laughs> smash through it. Um, well, as we've said before, right, this play- isn't the half time though. This is just the no, the first half. Just a break. It's yeah, not the, this not is the just first break. half. It's just the first half. I like how we <laughs> were discussing off. <laughs> Cut me off there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't oh, mean it. No. I didn't mean <laughs> it. He did. A spray it's from the coach. Lollies. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Spray. So you get your cordial. You get your lollies. A spray from the coach. Lollies. Absolutely. Sprays. That's what half time's about. Um, obviously we like to talk a bit of, you know, craziness and all that sort of stuff, a bit of shit on the show, but, um, I was trying to work out, you know, where about to, to talk about this, you know, within the show and obviously in a show like ours, which is equal parts analysis and comedy, sometimes more comedy, it's kind of difficult. Comedy, subjectively speaking. I was going to say, you used the comedy word loosely. Yeah. It's it's tough to know where to put things sometimes, but we've got. I think you know it, it wouldn't be right to be a Geelong Cats podcast um, and, and not talk about uh, one of the great legends of the Cats Footy Club, um, and that's uh, former president of the club Frank Costa. Um, who passed away, um, I believe over the weekend, um, a guy who he passed away at age 83 after a battle with cancer. Uh, he joined Geelong's board in the late 1990s uh, and in 98 became the club president, a position that he held until retiring from the board in 2010. Uh, obviously just a massive loss for, for the, for the footy club. Um, the Cats media team released a piece on their website, on the Cats website, talking about Costa. And um, I can't say it any better than how Geelong Football Club CEO Brian Cook said it. So I'll quote from him. Uh, Frank was a legend as a person and a legend of the club. He forged so many strong and lasting relationships through his warmth and authenticity. He will be missed by all that have been fortunate enough to know and love him. Frank took on, and I think this is, um, you know, really poignant bit to think about, guys. Um, Frank took on one of the toughest roles in football as our president at a time when the very future of the Geelong Football Club was in the balance. The club was on a financial precipice, playing in a crumbling venue, and had not tasted premiership success in 36 years. 
When Frank departed as president at the end of 2010, he left the club with state-of-the-art facilities, a record-breaking team that had broken a premiership drought in 07 and added another flag in 2009, and on a financial footing that set the club up for long-term stability. Frank undertook his role with much enthusiasm and generated huge goodwill for the club through his love of the club and the game. Without Frank, there must be a genuine question as to whether or not the Geelong Footy Club would exist today. It is highly doubtful that it would exist in its current form without having had Frank at the helm. When the history of the club is written, it will be impossible to do so without having Frank at the forefront of the past 20 to 25 years. He took a divided club and willed it into the club we know today. Um, so that's that was Brian Cook talking about it. This dude was a massive cornerstone of the footy club. Um, and just so you guys know too, he was recently inducted as the Geelong Cat 26th legend. Um, and he was made aware of his induction um, within the last little while as well. So I don't know if you guys have anything you want to say. I think Brian Cook said it well, but I just from where I stand, um, you know, as a kid and then teenager and, and now as an adult following the club, like Frank Costa's name has been associated with the, with the cats for so long. Um, and whenever I've heard people talk about him who knew more about it than I did, it's only been, you know, in, you know, the sort of revered tones saved for a legend. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's hard to say much more than what Brian said, but mm. Yeah, he was just someone who saved the club. Um, there's not many presidents that can say they brought a club back from the brink um, in, and in such a short turnaround, got him into a position to win grand finals and get him into the position to get these amazing grants and upgrades that the Cats enjoy now. Uh, I think so many players, um, us Fans, we um, this podcast wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Frank as well. Like, there's so much going on outside of the club directly that Frank has just done, inspired people to do, and just because he loved the club and loved the sport and didn't want to see his team go. And it's, yeah, it's going to be hard not to it's gonna to be tough not hearing his name or seeing that mm. at games now and I think a lot of players will feel that as well and I think what they should do is really just play a great game and mm. play in his honor as the legend he is and show how much they really like care about him and mm. will for the rest of Geelong's football clubs life hell of a long that is and I don't think mm. yeah as Brian said he, it's going to be impossible not to mention Frank Costa's name when you talk about the cats mm. yeah and I mean it's not all it's obviously it's obviously a bit strange to me always when when someone sort of passes away and and it's it's always our instinct to make it about ourselves, which is a strange hmm. instinct. But I guess hmm. all you can do is talk about it from your point of view. And it's just you know, as you mentioned, as you you were both alluding to, the fact that there might not be a club without Frank is 
it's something I've take I guess I've taken for granted as you know growing up in Geelong, being born and raised in Geelong for the first few years of my life, and then being a part of a family that was you know ninety nine percent Geelong supporters, whether died in the wool, watch every week, barrack your hearts out Geelong supporters, or just having the luxury to say they were a Geelong supporter of of, of the club. That how much of an impact the existence of that club has had on on my life like you just i just can't even imagine it's just been this constant ebb and flow of um of that in in my life um and so obviously i've never i've never met the man and yet owe this great debt of gratitude for for so many memories so many memories from my um my brief stint on this planet thus far it's it's so interesting you're like you sort of just take for granted, oh, there's a club, there's always been a club, yeah. there always will be a club. But it's, 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 it's actually crazy. I just did a quick Google of population and, you know, you've got places like Sydney, you know, 5.3 million people. You look at somewhere like Perth, you know, which is I think one point something million, you know, all in excess of one, one and a half or, or more million. Melbourne's the same, um, you know, Brisbane, and then you've got Geelong, about 250,000 people. Mm. Like, to have... Is, this, is that current? What other is it still only that many? Current, current population wow. via Google. So, so Perth's 1.9. As I said, Sydney is up over 5 million. Um, Geelong, where's this one? This says population of Geelong. This is by population estimate. Um as of 30th of June, population 264,866 people. That's crazy. So for, for the Cats to the, – the, the Geelong Footy Club really is, you know, in, in, in some weird way, you know, you look at some leagues, local leagues, and, you know, you've got sort of built-up towns that have their footy team, and then you'll have one, one team. I was thinking I was talking about Colburnabin, you know, this tiny little – team that's still one of the really quintessential country footy team you know that's in in comparison for a town the size of geelong to have held on to its footy team to survive all the growth of professionalism and money and big business i think it's a massive um testament to people like frank costa who have put their life into making this club not only survive but thrive like not only do mm. does Geelong have a club do we have a club to support we have one of the most successful clubs one of the most successful two decades of any footy club one of the ever oldest clubs in the world professional mm. sporting clubs in the the world a second oh, behind melbourne is just mm. not much older than the cats so it's yeah, it's amazing to think back that yeah, the cats have been around since the eighteen hundreds, and mm. they could have been all been gone if it wasn't for Frank. Um, mm. So yeah, he, good on Frank. Um, saved mm. the cats, did Geelong mm. the town a favour. A massive mm. the Geelong town yeah, owes Frank Costa <laughs> massive favour, and I think the only way we can do that is to continue to support the cats and make sure this great club does continue mm. in Frank's Costa's memory. And mm. I think, I don't think there'll be many people out there who would 
the um would let that happen would let the cats mm. falter because yeah well yeah and and it's obviously rest yeah rest in power uh frank costa um and you know as i think this is a really good transition actually to talk about you know in terms of where the club has built to under that kind of leadership that we can now talk about transitioning to talking about the vflw um you know where where we've got success down there as well now and and you wouldn't have the successful arms of these different clubs growing off and supporting new people to play the game if 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 you didn't have um you know that the the structure that's been built um so let's transition to talking about vflw now after thrashing north melbourne 75 to 11 last week the five and two vflw cats went to play the bulldogs absolutely destroyed them geelong broke their record for high score in a game which they set last week they piled on 99 points to the bulldogs 14 including a run of 11 consecutive goals as the cats ran riot to move to six and two and a game clear in third place on the ladder uh some aflw stars sean brightly rocky cranston booted three goals for the day including two in the opening quarter uh georgia clark nailed four goals stephanie williams kicked two and tamara fucking smith also kicked two uh annabelle johnson madeline kerrick claudia gunjaka georgia clark amy mcdonald and tamara smith were all named in geelong's best players these are exciting times for the cats vflw and aflw teams and you feel like strong AFL, um, you know, strong men's AFL teams have always been built on the basis of a strong men's VFL team. You know, often teams that win the premiership, you've got players pushing for spots from the VFL. And you wonder if it might be the same for the Cats VFL AFLW relationship. Um, Coach Andrew Bruce said he was really thrilled with our first half. It was fantastic. I just love the way that the girls are bringing um into the game what we're practicing at training how united they were as a group was just fantastic um so that was nice to hear we've heard a lot of that and we'll, oh, we'll get to a clip that was about the chemistry um just kind of what bruce said about playing as a group well we heard that firsthand about oh. playing as a team where I believe you're about to play for us. Um, well, probably not this, what she was saying about the team playing as a group. But, yeah, that that is definitely true, that they just play as a team. And we heard, as I said, we've heard that firsthand twice now, I believe, from two mm. players. So continue on, Mesh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing i would like to say uh, we've got a clip obviously to play for you but um well let's play that we've we've heard the, the coach talk about um you know the the way this group plays together um so let's play a clip now for you we've got an interview coming out on friday um but here's a clip from it uh, from us talking with cats vflw star theresia meissner or Tinner, as the nickname goes. So the, 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 the first question is kind of the, the simple one. 
how did you get involved in footy? Were you were you involved in other sports prior to that? Um, well, that are basically two questions. Um, <laughs> I've played, um, yeah, I've been involved in other sports before, mainly European handball yep. for about, in total, probably about 10 years. Right. And a little bit of soccer at uni. Um, and then in 2018, I got into footy when I moved to Hamburg, like a new city. Um, I was looking for a new team sport and because sport is always a good way to get to know people, to make friends. Uh, and I've seen it on Facebook. One of my old friends from my hometown was playing it already for a couple of years, like for the men's team. And then I've seen on Facebook that there's a taster session in Hamburg at the same time I was moving there. So yeah, I just went there and fell in love with the sport because it was the perfect combination of the sports I've done before. Nice. Fantastic. It's good. Um, so it was the Hamburg Dockers you end up playing for. How was playing for them um how did that go for you in the first year and first tryouts oh the Hamburg Dockers yeah that's that's my club I played for in Germany um and it's a really great club it's a very great community very nice environment um yeah and that's where it all started for women's footy in Germany in general um so that was a great experience to be involved like straight from the beginning on and the Hamburg Dockers are, are great because there's a really, or in general in Germany, there's a really great connection between the men's and the women's teams. So it's a yeah, really great environment. And we've been um, very successful uh, with the Hamburg Dockers as well. Like in the first year, we've mainly done uh, exhibition games. But in the second year, we had a proper league with four teams. Uh, and yeah, we actually won the premiership at the end. So that was hey, nice. Well done. <laughs> Congrats. So that clip there from our interview with uh, Tina, I had a great time recording that. What about you lads? Oh, I loved it. Good Absolutely fun. She fantastic. was a, a cons consummate professional. Uh, yep. She acquitted oh. herself very well in, in the interview. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was great fun, but also very, very insightful into her experiences and, uh, and the experiences of those playing in the VFLW. And again, um, I think just awe-inspiring of what we've heard from, well, Tamara Smith, and uh, hopefully we get more girls or and players to come on. Mm. And just to hear again the amount of extra effort that these girls are going through just to play this game is just mm. inspiring on a next level. So. And the, yeah, the, the the palpable love for the game yeah. that we all we're all part of uh, to one degree or another uh, was yeah it was it was very as John you said inspiring um, yeah won't won't spoil any of the details but there no. was there was some great stories about where she at where she's at now where she wants to go and where she came from as well. Absolutely. So yeah, make sure you uh, check your relevant podcast apps. Uh, on Friday when the full interview uh, with Theresia Meissner, Tina, goes up for you to listen to. Um, VFLM, just quickly give you the, the, the wrap up there. They travelled to Sydney this week and while their AFLM counterparts couldn't quite come away with the jockeys, um, the VFL Cats, the bankers, as they're called, often with the Bendigo Bank sponsorship, um, got the job done to hold on for a 64 to 60 victory over the Sydney Swans uh, VFL side. Um, some AFL cats listed amongst the cats. Best 
Charlie Constable being one of them. Um, Jai Chalcraft led the way up forward with a couple of snags on the Arvo. The Catters will now play the Northern Bull Ants on Thursday night at 7.10 p.m. at Marvel Stadium, which I believe can be streamed on KO. And all I'll I'll say is this. Someone needs to get on covering the VFLW. I don't know how all this works, but I want to be able to watch the VFLW games. This is ridiculous to me. We can watch the VFL men's, and and I understand it's not as simple as going, oh, KO, why don't you pick up the, the, the VFLW games? Because ultimately, KO's not sending camera crews to, to sports arenas. They're just picking up broadcasts. Someone get on it. Well, I mean, with, I with really our, appreciate With our background in, in film production, maybe we just need to go down there, film it. Maybe. And Tell just, us how it chat, works. Cats game footage. I will. Chat, up, chat, up, cats up, call game. Illegally. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Chaps. The Chaps Chat Cats commentate the games. I think that's what we should be angling for here. Three-man booth. I think uh, what could be better? Um, what could yeah, be I, better? I just want to be able to watch more of this stuff. That would be good, wouldn't it, to see um, Tiana and Tamara Smith and in um, action. Barber in action. And yeah. All the now, girls. The Demon do, we, do we not have I – know, I know I was the one who, who wanted to keep this – Bloody podcast, short and like <laughs> railroading it. But do we have a do we have a nickname for Tamara Smith yet? There's like I was just trying to build the sound drop today. So there was things suggested like the Tamara and Ada, like Taser, and then she threw out that her brothers called her T Bone. Um, okay, and and I'm trying to work out how I've got some ideas for, for, for the directions we might take it. I thought that, you know, there's montage potential with the 17 tackles. Um, 17? 17, 17 tackles in well, one I game. Just, 17. I just, I just thought I'd throw it out there. And now there's, throw there's, it out. there's Smith's it. a common name, so we might get another chance with a different Smith. Um, yes. But Smith Machine is a piece of gym equipment. And oh. I, I feel like the Smith machine is a pretty sick nickname for someone with the last name Smith, right? Yes. The Smith machine. No, it's like I love the, it. Um, it's like the big rack with like the guided um, yeah. uh, barbell down it so you can stack all the weight on yes. it. It keeps it in, in form. Yes. Um, yeah, I think 17 weights. Yes. 17. 17. 17 weights. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll just throw it throw it tomorrow. Oh, I don't Smith mind machine. that at all. I don't, yeah. I, I, the Smith <laughs> machine. I think that that's got a great ring to it. And then um, you just need um, yes. the sound drop of weights. Ching. <gasps> big, Ching. Yeah, the big, yeah. the big cling of like the, the drop yeah. in the weight. You've, you've pushed it to failure. Yeah. Drop the weight. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> That's a great idea. All right. I like that we can, you know, t- we can workshop ideas live yeah. on the podcast. That's, yeah, absolutely. That's People get a wait. We're behind recording? the scenes. Oh, <laughs> God, I hope so. Um, <laughs> Have you guys been able to hear me taking that dump the whole time? <laughs> 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 oh, that's uh, what that um, That's what that right. slight splashing noise so, was. <laughs> it wasn't a sloppy arm wrestle. Um, all right. So the <laughs> it was a stiff arm wrestle. <laughs> that's right. The um... <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> um, 
the uh, the Some mail people sack. juggle. <laughs> <laughs> the sack. We got the sack back. I thought you said this the mail sack. Do we do we get? It's empty. It's empty. Oh, okay. Empty yeah. sack this week. Um. So yeah, if you want to be featured in the mail sack. All you got to do is email us or tweet at us. If you can't be bothered to send an email, go to the Twitter sphere instead and send us 160 characters. Um, but yeah, or get in the mail if sack. You feel inclined. Mm. So inclined, yeah. Or more. Really, I'm, I'm sure Twitter chops them up. It probably doesn't take 160 tweets to, to tweet at us. You guys are. Tweets, welcome. 160 tweets. Um, that's Jesus. Not, that's, not, that's, yeah. not, that's only like half the tweets that Jake's done. It's not that many. Yeah. No, it's not. That's right. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's do uh, this one. The cane corns. The cane corns. The wanker. The wanker. The cane corns. The wanker of the week. It's the cane corns. The cane corns. Wanker. That's right. It is time for the uh, the old cane corns wanker of the week. Um, clearly, you know, we really did the work to think about whether it was right to, to keep that, and we arrived at the conclusion that we said yes, it probably fact, wouldn't happen. We said it probably wouldn't true. happen. Look, if someone All else right. has a better suggestion, I think that's something people can tweet to us. Who, if we decide to put cane corns back in our good graces to let him back mm-hmm. into the fold and remove yes. him as the figurehead of the biggest wanker of the week. Who, <laughs> who instead should we grace with this dubious honour? Mm. I'd like who to should be, person. who should have their name on the trophy constantly. That's right. Who should be the trophy constantly be named after? Possibly only for 12, to 15 weeks until we yeah. change, like <laughs> them again, and pick something. <laughs> yeah, and, until they say something pro Geelong and we reconsider our allegiance. <laughs> He's only done that once our, or twice. Our hearts are fickle. It's, it was enough. Um, nearly, it's nearly have enough. A of the week nomination this week. Yeah, look, I'll, I'm, I get the sense maybe you guys don't. Um, and I'll, I don't know where you got that from. I'll, I'll give you some time <laughs> to tread water while I. Also, throw out one that I've thought long and hard about and had prepared well. <laughs> um, Excellent. We do a good job here, I think. If I can pat us on the back, I think we do, do a it. good job at Please. not always pat being away. one-eyed supporters, right? Mm-hmm. We do do a good job at at least if we have a bit of a rant, become a bit one-eyed. You know, we're 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 seeing things through the old tunnel vision. We generally allow a different perspective. We generally go, but that's me. I think we do do that well. So I'm going to allow myself time to be a salty fan and I'm going to nominate <laughs> whichever fucking producer decided to replay the oh. bloody goal by, oh my God, I've blanked on his name again. Um, Nick Davis. Nick no, Davis. no, no, from the no. Papley, Papley. I was, I was oh. going Pappas, Pappas. No, that's not his name. Uh, <laughs> Papley. Papley's fucking goal with his supposedly fantastic celebration, which was literally waving a finger in the air. I've seen better celebrations at fucking Ozkick. And these guys decided to play it literally 15 times before the end of the game. During the game, during the break, twice in one montage. It started it. It started the fucking goal-kicking montage and it ended the goal-kicking montage from another angle. 
it's not creative and it hurt me. So <laughs> whatever decision it was to do that, fuck yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, I like else it. Oh, that's perfect. That is um, perfect. I don't know. I, I've racked my brain this week to think about wankers. Um, and I couldn't, I didn't encounter that many this week, surprisingly, but like, I think your nomination of the, yeah, the, 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 the Pavley one is, is accurate. Mm. Um, yeah, highly accurate. Yeah. I don't know. I was just trying to think, is there anyone that comes to mind as a particularly massive wanker, but I might have to reload the uh, wanker cannon. I think you thought that one through even less than your nomination for the week. Yeah, yeah. Pretty uh, like the wanker cannon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Fucking. <laughs> go, go on, go on, scoff a dinner tuna and re- <laughs> Smash a Red Bull and reload the Oh, I'm sure I could probably, like, really, if you force it, I could probably find a wanker of the week. Um, in no, the look, look, if that was the kind of thing, if that, if that was the thing you come up with under pressure, I don't think we want you to come up with that nomination. Johnny, you got anyone oh. or are you done? If a sound drop doesn't come out of that, I'll be very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, th- uh, you know what? Being a one eyed yeah. supporter, I'm going to call the wanker of the week. That applies for too many non decisions <laughs> in games. There's too many of them. Um, not just from the weekend, but from like, other games where you see it's an obvious call. There's not much time left sometimes, or they're just, I don't know. I just feel like there's too many non calls or just missed calls that should be called. So, you know, umpires, mm. you get my wanker of the week. Hard up. If you want to, if you want to be gra- graced <laughs> with a taser, if you want to yeah. be given the power of a taser, we need, need to know you can, yeah. you can use it when it's called upon. You know what? Bring on Brian. Well, I'm sure we're going to get another email yeah, Brian. from Brian, Brian saying, "Play off the umpires." But no, no, no. They're they're people. As he said, they're tough. They should be able to take criticism when they uh, rightly earn it. So absolutely, there you go. They should be able to take criticism when they rightly earn it, or when we can't think of anyone else in the yeah. <laughs> an easy target. <laughs> uh, uh, umpires, easy targets for working TV producers. Who's next? Umpires. Oh, oh, well, Jake just reloads his wanker cannon. <laughs> yeah, let's. Um, so I think I think the thing. Uh, I've said enough. Let's move on. Let's okay. move on. Let's, let's move um, on before you blow your wanker cannon. This let's crank. Week. Let's <laughs> crank. Oh, let's um, move on to next week. The game week eight, the AFLM preview, Geelong. Takes on Richmond Friday, I believe, at about seven fifty PM. Actually, somewhere like that. Do you know what else could be? Do you know what you, your wanker of the week could be, Mesh? Is the I'm AFL terrified. constantly 
whenever we get a home game against a, a big Melbourne club, it has to be played at MCG. Perfect. That's bullshit. Bullshit, in my opinion. It should be if it's mm-hmm. – the other should have it scheduled a Cats home game beforehand and then have the other team just have it – say it's their home game. Don't make us travel interstate and then give us a home game go, oh, wait, you have to travel up the highway to your non-home ground. That's just mm-hmm. frustrating. Don't disagree whatsoever. As I've said for a while, I still think Geelong gets, you know, basically the, uh, treated like a uh, an interstate team. Mm. And the interstate team should be given the same treatment as Victorian clubs. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a traditionalist in any sense of the word. I've said for a long time, I would not even be against having the grand final played elsewhere, but that's just me. And I know lots of Victorians will now jump down my throat about it. Well, you know, whatever. You're allowed to have your opinion. We don't have, have enough of it. We don't have a big enough listen account yet that I'm worried about saying this. What's so good about the G? Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, fair point. I, I mean, uh, it's put, put it this way. I think the G um, is special on Anzac Day. I think, look, there's been plenty of special grand finals at the G too. But I freaking loved the hell out of the the grand final last year up in Queensland, I thought the nighttime thing actually worked better to make it seem like more of a a, a big event. I could watch the whole thing, no yes. drama. Yeah, I, I think I don't know. I, I think um, like I don't know. I'm not against change at all. Not to alarm you, Mesh, but there's a live yes. creature right behind you. Good lord, it's it's a cat. Um, I think. <laughs> I think that just not what, the cat why Jake does, was hoping for. That would be what, Tom Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, big Tom Cat. Um, so uh, I, I, what I don't get is why does the G become less special if it doesn't host the grand final every year? Like, what's the big deal? If Geelong makes it and they want to host, you know, you say, all right, if it's in Victoria, you host it at the G. If it's in South Australia, it's hosted Adelaide Oval. If it's in Perth, it's hosted at Optus Stadium, whatever the hell they call it, Domain or whatever it is. Um, like, I don't get the issue because, you know, like what Richmond would have hosted at the last two two years. Mm. Yes. Um, yep. We would have had it in Perth the year the, that West Coast won it. We would have had it in Richmond the year before that. You know, like, what's the big deal? We would have, I, I just think, why does it lose its specialness if it's not the chosen venue every year? I don't get it. It can we still be change. special. Yeah. Exactly. Change is scary. That's all there is to it. Um, so that was the long-winded way to say we're going to play Richmond. Um, At the G. But I... <laughs> At our the home games, yeah, at the home fucking games. MCG. I don't care. I mean, it's, it's not an issue. Yeah, it's, I'm not bitter about it at all. <laughs> no, um, not bitter at all. Just obvi- obviously, they're the back-to-back reigning premiers. Um, they came from behind against the Dogs and ran over the top of the Western Bulldogs in the end, uh, without Dustin Martin and some other key pieces. Now, last time, 
the cats met the tigers. We don't need was. to mention that. We all know. Yeah. Move on. We all know when it was. Some um, of the time we played them, here, things happen. Here's a stat. Here's a stat for you. Um, I said, let's move on. <laughs> the cat. The cats. <laughs> the opposite. It's the opposite of what we said. We're in a slump, boys. We're in a slump. In 2017, we beat the Tigers by 14 points at Kidinia Park, round 21. And then a few weeks later in the finals, we got whacked by them by 51 points uh, in a qualifying final loss. Um, since then, we've played them seven times and we've won once. One time. We are one and six in our last seven games against the Tigers, and three of those six losses have come in a qualifying final, a prelim, and a grand final. Um, so th- this is not uh, like before this, we'd won 13 games in a row before that week 21 um, game. Uh, or until the, the finals lost. So we, we dominated the Tigers for, for, for years and years. And the tables have sort of been turned a little bit. I feel like that qualifying final win they had over us really set the tone for, for the last four years uh, where they've dominated. Um, obviously, they've been hard hit with injury this season. Uh, Nick Vlostuin, Kane Lambert, Dion Prestia, Ivan Soldo are all on the injury list. Um more injuries this week with uh, star defender Dylan Grimes and captain Trent Cochin both being ruled out. They won't play. Um, it's concussion symptoms for Grimes and a hamstring injury for Cochin. But don't let that fucking fool you. Dustin Martin may return to the team depending on whether he passes concussion protocol. He's got 144 disposals for the season to go with five goals. And don't sleep on shy Bolton who has been exceptional for the Tigers this season with 153 disposals and seven majors from the midfield. Up forward, you've got the twin towers of Jack Rewalt and Tom Lynch, who have combined for 74 marks and 33 goals through the opening seven weeks. Defender Jaden Short, who has 23 disposals per game and leads the Tigers in metres gained, averaging 604 per match, which is the fourth highest in the comp. I'd expect him and Basha Hooley, who has a team-high 24. 0.25 disposals per game and 449 meters gained per game to drive the attack from down back. Both of those guys in the top three for the Tigers in disposals and meters gained. We've watched this for years now. Um, aggressive ball movement, hard at the footy, swarming pressure, dash and dare out of the back line, an urgency to keep the ball moving and flowing. They've got that extra gear that all great dynasties have, no matter the personnel on the field, and they well and truly flexed their muscles last week against the Bulldogs in the second half. Boys, how are you feeling going into this game? What do you think we're likely to see? A tough, hard-fought, brutal game. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tough. Um, I think we'll just win because... Cat supporter, you always think your team's <laughs> gonna win. <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't yeah, buy the no. ticket otherwise. Like no, no. Well, <laughs> it's been... <laughs> imagine that going to yeah. a game, going. Uh, I'm going to this game, smashed. but we're going to lose. So what's yeah. the point? Like that nah, comment we're gonna... from Sam. 
that comment from Sam of you wouldn't buy the ticket otherwise sounds like the guy from Wayne's World who's said, you know, talking about Woodstock. It rained oh, on yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clean up um, in the afternoon. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think we'll win. Um, I'm going to tip us sixty to fifty-six. There's going to be less than a goal in it. If we can kick straight, I think we'll win. We've got, we've definitely got the talent. We've got the players. We've got the skill. We've got everything there. We just got to make it work, like we did against West Coast. If we do it against the Tigers, and maintain it, and shut down Dusty if he's playing and the attack, then we'll set ourselves up for every chance to win it. So I don't think there's any talent-wise why we wouldn't be there. It's just the attitude and how we go about it. Yeah, look, I got, I got to tip the cats. It's just, a, yeah. You want to buy a ticket otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's there's cheaper ways to get a 4 and 20 pie, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they had a bloody cherry ripe. $6 cherry, right? Yeah. $6. Last time we went, it was 12 bucks. <laughs> you got half. You got the, and the attendant uh, ate half of it in the, front of you. You got, the, you got the whole, you got the whole fucking royal family size, not the king size cherry, right? The whole fucking, the whole family tree. The whole lineage. Yeah. No, I think my team's gonna, gonna lose, but they've got a good snack bar. And <laughs> <laughs> They got a good, and they got a good drinking bar at the back where you can There's go coffee. and drown your sorrows. There's coffee. Nowhere else you can get that stuff. Uh, anyway, you know Absolutely I'm gonna not. I'm gonna I'm gonna back the cats because you have to. Um, and oh, you, you don't have to. You, but I, ha- you just... I have to. <laughs> no, you do. You do. You absolutely have to. Um, what am I, I saying? I know. I know that was a test from John, and I won't fail it. <laughs> you pass. Yeah, I, 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 I know we hang it on you sometimes, but I, I, tr- I do get the sense from Scott that he was aware of what worked and aware of what didn't work. That he's not just going to. It's not just business as usual. He knows it didn't all go the way they wanted, but he also knows that the, statistically they had the, they had that game. Um, so there's only, you know, there's only a very small percentage of things that need to actually be tweaked. And I know we're playing a very different side, um, but I have confidence. I think it'll be an interesting game regardless. I'm going to go uh, Cats by two goals. And Maybe, maybe, maybe less than that. I think that it's going to be a really close one. I'm going to go 78. Let's go 78 to, to 68. Let's go less than two goals in it. Let's go 10 points. All right. I feel like 10 points um, is the margin I, just... I always pick, and it's not been right once. Um, but broken clock. Fucking yada, yada, yada. It's twice. Bob's your uncle. Right, twice, eventually. <laughs> you know, let's say about a broken um, clock. You throw it out, you buy a new one, and it's correct. Yeah. <laughs> I think Unless we you get really one that's already some... got a dead battery or one that doesn't have a battery in it. Then, then... Some, sometime we really, I mean, we need to appreciate sometime when Sam starts analyzing the cats and talking about chances for success, what went wrong, right? No one does a better unintentional Chris Scott impression than <laughs> Sam. <laughs> uh, I think I know what, I know what worked. Yeah, what didn't what work. Didn't work. Um, there'll be some tweaks. 
Um, yeah. But you know, we're not going to change anything I think, too much. What is it? I, I think it's unusual to see a <laughs> to see a team control the game statistically and and still not come away with a win. Um, but you know, it's. <laughs> I don't think we're it's not ready. Of, I don't think it's a case of of drop your bundle. I think we're. <laughs> We're not ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater yeah. just yet. That's right. That's right. No, I've just noticed that there's there's a very much a Chris Scott thing going on about Sam's delivery. Um, very good. Um, is this it, is and a I tough said one I have faith me. in Scott. I think he says that <laughs> before going to bed every night. Yeah, I have faith in Scott. Faith in Scott. His twin brother, <laughs> His Brad twin Scott. Brother. That's right. <laughs> Maybe a different a different relative. Maybe. So, this is the question for me, is that I don't know. I, I Like, if, it's, if it comes down to under a goal, I've seen Richmond pull that result out too many times. Hey, you're, not, you're not backing the Cats. No, I am. Are you saying we're going we, we to blow them out of the water? I don't think we're going to blow them out of the water. 100-point margin. You heard, heard it here first. The Mesh says the Cats are going to win by 100 points against the Richmond Tigers. Dusty comes you know back what? and can do nothing. What's funny is that we beat the last time we beat Richmond, we beat them 104 to 37 at the MCG back in 2019. We pounded them in round 12, 2019, um, only to lose to them in the prelim final. Um, a few, like, you know, at the end of that season. I think this is how this result's going to go. I think that this might even be close for the majority of it, but I think after a massive result last week, it's not even to do with that. I just think if Geelong's going to be good enough to win this game, we're going to be good enough at some point to kick away a little bit and make our like depth in the midfield an advantage given that they're going to be missing so much i've got the cats winning 74 to 57 so i'm going to take us by 17 points i just think there's going to be it's going to be absolute arm wrestle the result a sloppy arm will, wrestle or a stiff well, arm think, wrestle dry i think course the dry arm wrestle the 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 the, the margin of victory will be somewhat flattering given how close the game feels. One of those weird You're going to say flaccid. Go, oh, flaccid. 17. Well, of course you would because that's all that's on your bloody mind, John. It's all that's on your bloody mind. Um, the Cats to win 74 to 57. Um, flaccid arm wrestle. We cannot see... More <laughs> we'll let you go in a minute, ball. John. All right, we're almost done. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> You got to train Just like Jake, we got to reload our wank cannon. All right, <laughs> wanker of the week cannon. I mean, the, the joke has You said been wanker the, cannon. You said wanker cannon. You wanker, said wanker cannon. I did yeah, say no wanker, wanker of the cannon. Week. You said I'm going to reload my wanker no. cannon. All right, wanker cannon. Wanker cannon. Sound drop. Jesus. Wanker cannon. Sound of a pumping shotgun. <laughs> all right, um, all right. I think we've we, we've said it all. I don't think we've much more. We've said made. more than enough, think, really. Yeah, we have. Say, all right, Chris Scott. <laughs> it's unusual. 
to listen to a, a football podcast where people talk about wanker cannons. <laughs> but look, we know what worked, we know what didn't work, we won't throw the whole thing out, maybe the wanking jokes, maybe not the analysis, maybe the opposite. Hey, sometimes you got to take what you can and give nothing back. This is what it brought you. <laughs> nice Pirates of the Caribbean ref there. Yeah, you never know when it's going to come out. No, you don't. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we I feel like we fumbled the ending there. You know, I don't want. I feel like we did. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want anyone to see behind the curtain. It was, here, it was like, like one of those ones where um, NFL, Tom Brady passes a perfect pass for a touchdown, and the player just got to grab it and he just fumbles it. it and he, except you know, this makes perfect, a fool of himself. Except in this scenario, Tom Brady throws the hand pass. It kind of like ricochets off the ground, hits a child in the face, ends up with someone's beer. They throw it, and then all he's got to do is catch it, and he fumbles it. That's more accurate. That's true. Yeah, that's more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> we sort of staggered over the line. I mean, pe- people should remember too. We've got to get quickly go and like us on Twitter and stuff. Otherwise, we won't feel validated. No. I, I forgot my social media plug. Share us with your friends. Please. Please. <laughs> don't don't flush us down the social media plug. Go cats. Oh, we didn't end on time there. <laughs>